afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the producer's chair is... Me, Matt Belknap. Matt Belknap. How's it going? I'm good. And Matt, you're here today because we're, we're recording midweek. Yeah. Normally I record on the weekends, mm-hmm. but we are we are here because we want to accommodate someone's schedule. Wow. Yeah, how about that? And uh, that person that just said, wow, uh, everybody welcome, Susanna Hoffs. Yay, yeah. Susanna. Hi. <laughs> How are you, Susanna? You look nervous. I feel nervous. Why? Are you, why do you feel because that? Because it's so bright, <laughs> so bright, so fluorescently yeah. bright. Oh my! I know. It's... So the sound is so pristine oh, that I good. feel like <laughs> that's the problem with headphones. Yeah. Do you want me to turn you thing. down? I can turn you down. No, that's okay. You want him to turn me off? No. <laughs> Would that okay. help? I, that I might think, help. I think I'm going to gr- uh, get used to it. Okay. Cool. Uh, so Susanna, I, I've been trying to get you on uh, the show, uh, for a long, long time. I know. And I apologize for how crazy my schedule has been. Well, there's no reason for you to apologize because you have stuff happening and I don't. Really? <laughs> I feel like you have a lot happening. No, but like I would, uh, whenever I'm trying to get someone on, I usually will tell the listeners, I'll say, okay, I'm trying to get this person on. Here's what's happening. So it's like a build. So then if, if I finally do score the guests, then I think they feel happy at home too. I got you. For me. I got you. Or they might not. They might just say, wow, Pat's the really sad. The sweeter the reward of the whole <laughs> exactly, journey exactly. of trying to make it happen. Uh, so uh, I love the Bangles. Thank I, you. I have been a Bangles fan since the beginning, and yet I have only seen you play one time, and that was your most recent show at the Whiskey. Really? It was like, you're like my bucket list, you and Elton John. Those are like my, and, and Joan Jett, but I, I got Joan Jett last year. So yeah, you guys are like my bucket list, one of my bucket list concerts. I think you went to a good one. You did not because disappoint. It, it might've been like 1984 at the whiskey. <laughs> exactly. It felt, we, we tried to channel, we tried to time travel back. It was, I love the way you guys like stood up in the balcony and were like dancing that prior, was me. prior to coming <laughs> down. That was yeah. your idea? No, but I, I can't resist when the, when the pre- the walk-on song yeah. comes on. I forget which one. Oh, it was the Bee Gees. Yeah. It was a Bee Gees song. And there's no place to walk on from the whiskey. You just walk on you go in with f- it. front of everyone. Yeah. But no, you guys were fun. You guys, uh, I didn't, I didn't not think that you guys weren't good musicians, but I didn't know how good of musicians you were. You didn't know you how were, awesome How are. awesome you are live. <laughs> I was really impressed. I was impressed so much with Debbie's drumming. I know, right? I mean, because I think sometimes, uh, you know. A, 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 chick drummer. A, a chick drummer or, <laughs> or an all chick band for whatever reason, which is stupid. It's not how I feel. Yeah. But I think they don't get the maybe the street cred that they deserve. Wow. I just said street cred. Yeah, you did. Like an that idiot. Sounds, sounds good. Uh, because, I mean, no one plays. Ju- I just keep looking at the Kojak record cover. <laughs> That's, uh, about, we're going to be playing. Many, we're gonna have uh, you we're autog- can you autograph that for sure. us? Even though I'm not Kojak? <laughs> yeah, we'll be playing. Cool. So we're, you have to shave your head before oh, the end no. of the appearance. Okay, well, that might be the deal. Uh, with the autograph, but what? <laughs> but you, we'll guys, you guys were so great that night. It was such a great show. And I, I want to give, who is the bass player, the guy who plays live? Derek Anderson. He amazing. is amazing, right? He's he just, really great. He just hangs back and just like, yeah, uh, he's so great. good. And he really loves the 60s references. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really understands them to the core in yeah. the way that we we don't have to say, you know, channel t- tax man or something. He, he, <laughs> he gets knows it. it. He gets it. And uh, yeah. yeah, the most recent Bangles CD is my favorite. I think, oh, it's, I think it's the best one you guys have done. Oh, thank you. Uh, people that listen to this show know that I've talked about Sweetheart of the Sun 
till they're sick of it. Probably. Oh wow, thanks! But uh, hopefully they bought it before they were sick of it. But no, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I, in my opinion, it's. I think, and you can answer this question. I think it's probably as close to how you guys probably wanted to always sound on record. Is that right? Amazingly, I, I'm like trying to remember the record because <laughs> it's been an oddly busy few years for me where yeah. I've had a. I had. The someday record, my mm-hmm. solo record yep. that I wrote everything with Brazel, who's over there. Hi, Brazel. Andrew Brazel, thank yes, you. who accompanied me today to the podcast. But and then after that, I had Volume Three of the Under the Covers thing. So I've been going kind of back to back in the last three years. So Sweetheart of the Sun. No, I think that Sweetheart did kind of capture a lot of that kind of sunshiny electric guitar jangle yeah. thing mm-hmm. that we've always loved, but that might have been. People might associate more with our earlier yeah. earlier records. Yeah. yeah, before the big the big success show busy stuff. Yes, came exactly. Out. Yeah. Well, let's go way. Let's start way back. This is when you were the Bangs, right? And this is a song. Uh, this would probably be the first time that we've ever heard you on uh, recorded uh, history of Susanna Hoffs. This is a song called uh, "Getting Out of Hand." Great. Let's hear it. I see you're bopping along. So yeah. when was the last time that you actually heard that song? Um, I ha- actually had to listen to it again to prepare for those whiskey, whiskey, oh. sh- the whiskey shows and the Paisley Underground shows that mm-hmm. we did at the Fillmore and at the Music Box or the Henry Fonda with uh, at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, so I did have to revisit all that uh-huh. music. But you and guys and I had to find it on YouTube, you know, because it's not really. <laughs> I, we're I making it available, by the way. Yeah, you guys. The the first Bangles EP is con- is going to be released with extra rarity tracks. So will, the, will this be on there? Yes, maybe? it will. And the the I don't know who produced this song, but the the EP was produced by Craig Leon. Yes, who worked with Blondie. Amazing guy. First Ramones album. Yes. Uh, is he still with us? Yes. Great. We follow <laughs> each other on Twitter. I'm happy to say. Uh, so yeah, he he is. Oh, and that's he, cool. And, and uh, I'm hoping to reconnect with him next time I'm in New York, and that will be soon because that's in October. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the whole social media thing and send him a, send a, a, him a message a, and a say message. hey. Yeah, no, he's a great, great guy and an excellent, amazing producer. And and yes, and so many amazing albums. And uh, you know, I mean, the first Ramones album. You could quit right there if you're Craig. Yeah, you Leon. could. Um, why not? Do you guys know when that's going to come out? The EP? I think it's going to come out uh, towards the end of this month. Oh, great! And it'll just be released digitally. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So if you go to thebangles.com, yes, the information's there. Or on my my social media sites, I'll be you know blasting info about it. Yeah, as you're well. pretty good with that. You like, I'm the, trying. You like the Twitter? I'm t- I like the Twitter. And Vicky's on Twitter. Yes, she's, we're on Twitter. She's on Vicky. What's she? Vicky Bangle? Yeah, I'm just myself. You're just yourself. Um, and so, uh, so the EP, and I don't have any of the EP, so I'm glad I've never heard the EP. Oh, wow. 
As then big of a fan I am, I'm a big fan. I've never heard it. I can't, oh, wow. could, could never find it anywhere. Well, soon you will be able to I'm find excited it. excited about it. Okay, that's our show. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so then, um, after the EP, you guys, uh, you guys get signed. Big record deal. Columbia Records. Yeah. That's gigantic. Springsteen, Dylan, Aerosmith. Springsteen is the one who vetted the bangles. <laughs> oh, did he really? He really did. <laughs> is that true? And guess, yes. He, um, Peter Philbin. I'm not joking. <laughs> okay. I'm so, so not joking. Okay, cool. I'm, deadly serious right. right now. Peter Philbin, our A&R guy, worked with him and the Bengals had a gig at Magic Mountain. And when I think of gigs <laughs> wow. at Magic Mountain, I think of the scene in Spinal Tap right, yeah. where uh, they're playing and they're getting the radio and, yeah, yeah. and yeah. the radio interference and all that. So he brought Bruce to see us. Oh my God. Yeah. It's very, oh my God. And um, he basically, you know, to sort of vet us and we got the thumbs up and, and that you know, next you thing we, I knew, we were signed. What did Bruce say? Did he go, you know what? Uh, I like them. Uh, I like them jangly uh, girls. I, th- I think that. I think you guys want to ride Colossus? Like <laughs> yeah. Now, do you, yeah. Let's. let's I don't ride, even let's think ride a coaster. Was, maybe it was there. <laughs> hey, I want to get that Vicky. I want to get her uh, cotton he, candy. <laughs> do you think he calls them coasters? <laughs> uh, I kind of think. Yeah, he yeah. might he be right. Then he writes a song about it. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote thirty-five coaster songs tonight. But then I. I'm sure. Does he not have a theme park song? Maybe like a state fair kind of. Well, he's I can got, picture uh, it. What's Does the he have? One? What's the closest one? He's got one about. Uh, they're so they're so visual. I know. You know the cotton candy and the coasters and all that. I, I like. I it. wish he would have written a song about you guys. That maybe night. maybe that been great. Yeah, I didn't even mean about us. I meant about going to the going to going the, to the park. Theme park. Going to the park. He's got to have one. He's got. What uh, so uh, I'm. Uh, I was talking like an idiot, but did you, you did get to meet him that night? No, you didn't. I didn't. I, maybe. Did you know he was there? You know what? I knew he was there. It's possible I met him. I've met people in my life and I can't remember. So <laughs> it's very, very, it's 50, 50. I might've okay. met him, All right, but I definitely hundred percent. I knew he, you was know there. he was there. I knew he was there. And he gave you the thumbs up, got the thumbs up. And then so we got signed. You got then signed. we were on a major label. Yes, you were. And, and you're right. People like Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel were on that label. I know. That's and a Bruce. pretty, yeah, everyone, Columbia is. It was is, weird. Is, is, it was an amazing label. I mean, when I, when I think of the records that I had, you know, Journey and Billy Joel and just all these amazing artists that were on Columbia Records, you just, the sticker on the vinyl just yeah. like would give me a chill when I would see it. They were the only label that wanted us to. <laughs> that was, no. it was, it was one of those things like we were kind of, on the scene in LA mm-hmm. and there was a scene happening at that time. Some people call it the Paisley underground scene, but there was yeah. a whole punk thing. Then there was a rockabilly thing and then the Paisley underground. And, and they were, luckily there was one label that wanted to and sign it, us. And it was that label. And it was that one. Well, let's hear something uh, from, uh, from all over the place. And this is uh, Suzanne Hoffson vocals. This is hero takes a fall. So uh, I, I love this album too, but it, it doesn't do a lot. It doesn't chart high. It doesn't. It does. It's not the big breakout album that you're looking for, right? But you did get the tour. You guys, uh, you guys opened for Cindy Lauper some shows. Yes, we did. That was was that. No, our first tour was the English Beat, but that's before we were signed to Columbia. Okay. No, we did open for Cindy. And I did think. you do, do some shows with Huey Lewis? I don't think we true? did. We may have. I remember. 
Maybe we flew on a plane together once. <laughs> I swear, I, I the, the, you're just tapping into some deep, deep gray matter in my brain. Like I remember sitting next to him on a plane, or was that? Uh, oh, wait, sorry. I feel like you should hit pause, but there was the guy from Starsky and Hutch. Who are the two guys from Starsky? David Soul and Paul Michael Glazer. One, I think it was David Soul. I okay. think I once sat next to him on a plane, <laughs> but that's not Huey Lewis. No, but that's okay. It's still funny. I, okay. <laughs> You're next to David Soul. I think so. He's Hutch, you know. He was Hutch. Yeah. I think I may have sat next to Hutch. He's the guy who would jump out the window and land with his uh, ass right on top of the, uh, the, the, the car in the okay. opening credits. I, 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 I think I may have. All right. But that just tells you how far back in time we're going, uh-huh. just to set the stage for the listeners. <laughs> we are really, yeah. What's but, the, but the thing about that record is it may not have done very well, but it got the attention of Prince. It did. Yes. You mean Christopher? Yes. <laughs> Why the Christopher? I don't know. Why don't uh, know. did you actually have a meeting with Prince? Did he does he meet you? Um, does he want to come see the band? Yeah, he came and saw the band. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he played on and he would jump on stage. And Hero Takes a Fall was the song that mm-hmm. he really. That's the one he. I guess it was in the early days of MTV, and he saw our video, which looking back was the kind of quintessentially cheesy video. You're, you're like out it's in all, front of a. There's a mannequin in yeah. it that <laughs> crashes and breaks. Yeah. And there's costume weird costumes, and, and we're, you have like a real tight kind of a, a fro. Yeah. Thing well, going. see, it was before I learned how to manage all that right exactly so with with the blow dryer and stuff but yeah no i it was just and and we had a stylist that's what happened a stylist and a makeup people and we were just sort of made and, up to look that way and did you have say in that or did they just go this is what we you were look like? we were young and kind of green you know we didn't really know if the stylist says, you know, put on these lace bobby socks with these high heel shoes, it's going to look very and like all this big shoulder pad jacket. So you just go, okay. Tease up your hair, make it even bigger. You kind of go, okay, I don't feel like myself, but you but, don't know to say no. Right. Okay. Cool. And and um, very eighties <laughs> styles. I have a question about Prince because I know that you're a friend of Fred Armisen. Yeah. Fred Armisen's impression of Prince is is it's dead on. Is it? I'm asking you. I haven't seen it. You've never seen Fred I've do seen Prince Fre- on I've Saturday Night Live? I've seen Fred do tons of stuff, but oh my God, I haven't seen it. it. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to YouTube it. Is, it. it uh, you've seen Fred do I don't Prince. think I've seen it either. He would, does a whole skit, Garen. I, it's it's hysterical, it? isn't it? No. Like we're just, Fred does we're crazy. so he much. He never did it. Like Fred, does, Fred, is, Fred is an extraordinary... Everything. Everything. Talent, genius, and also happens to be like the greatest... Friend and great person. Well, so. You, you got to look up. I'm going to look it you up. You got to look it up on I'm YouTube. YouTube it. Yeah. You're going to say, Fred, do you do a Prince impression? And he's not going to be your friend anymore because he's not going to believe that you didn't know it. I, I know. Now now I feel bad that I haven't seen it. <laughs> like if he hears this and he'll be like, what? Yeah. You didn't see it. He uh, he jumped up on stage and played drums at the whiskey show. Yes, he did. That I, call, pretty- I called him. I, organized, I orchestrated that. The whole thing. Right? Yeah. I like to pretend that he was just there. No, and I, I, and I, 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 I had it all arranged. <laughs> all right. Before the all right. show. Let's, uh, who produces these first, uh, these, these David Kahn, David Kahn. I, yes. always, I never know how to say his name, David Kahn. Kahn. Yes. And is he, he's just a producer that are you guys, do you guys have he, a pick was, of producer? Well, he was uh, on the staff of the A&R staff at at, and, and was a staff producer okay. at, a, at, at Columbia. Yeah. Okay. So new band. That's who you get. Yes. Okay. We were matched up with him. So after all over the place, then here's the one that everyone, everyone, this is the gigantic breakout, different light, triple platinum, 
uh, goes up to number two on the album charts. Oh, I didn't know that. You got, uh, you got, that's what Fred Armisen told me. You yeah, should, get, yeah, you should yeah. meet him. He knows a lot of stuff. Uh, you get four top 40 hits. Wow. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Sorry. I feel I, like you, that you weren't in this band, Suzanne. No, I, <laughs> this is like, yeah, this could be like a weird sci-fi Boy, moment we, where it was really my clone or I, something. Look, I'll be, I'll be worried if when we get to, we bring you all the way up to the most recent music you've done. If, no, if you I, don't I'm know anything now, now, then I'm going to be like, oh boy. Now. No, we did. I just, the way you're saying it uh-huh. seems so Dull? Official. No, like official. Like, I didn't know it was that many platinums or whatever. You know, like, I, I, right. I knew it did well. You were, okay. You were living it, so you weren't really. Yeah, I was kind of in the middle of it. Yeah, I kind of had to do homework. Why I, do you have so many Kojak things? I'm getting these distracted. Are not, these are not my Kojak things. There's another Who's pod. Kojak there's an, collection. There's a, there's, this guy, Jimmy, yeah, he's a huge fan. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's a huge fan of Kojak. Okay, cool. Okay. I, I just wanted to understand. <laughs> Yeah, this is Jimmy's studio. This is Jimmy's studio, and okay. we're we're guesting here today. Gotcha. All right. It is weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. We weird. probably should. It's not weird. We should have, we should have faced her that it way. Just, but I keep staring at them, so yeah. it's kind of. Are you a Kojak? Messing fan? with my memory. Do you want a lollipop? Yeah, do you want a lollipop? Oh, was that lolli- his, that was his thing. Yeah, because yeah, the character didn't <gasps> was quit smoking, right? So he always had lollipops, yeah. which kind of was like a counterpoint to everything else about his image. Right. right. Exactly. You gotcha. think he was so tough that he smoked ten packs a day? But right. yeah, but no. lollipop. They toyed with him eating a uh, eating a snow cone every show, but then <laughs> oh, it was just, just it was, didn't, wasn't as good. Didn't seem right. <laughs> I remember the show, but not that well. I remember shows like Columbo. Mm-hmm. It was more. a show my dad watched. Gotcha. I, I don't remember. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah. All right. So back uh, on track. I'm afraid to throw more. Num- I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to throw more numbers at you. Go for it. But uh, Manic Monday goes to number two. Right. We've got the Walk Like an Egyptian that goes to number one. That walks all the way up to number Ooh. one. Uh, and I want to play uh, a song that went to number eleven. You might you might not remember this. This is uh, this is Probably a, not. walking down your street. Okay, cool. Because we know all the hits. Almost afraid to ask you a question about this video, which I watched last night. Oh, you can ask. Uh, you got Randy Quaid's in it. Yep. And uh, you got Little Richard in there. I know. And uh, he's not overacting at all. No. <laughs> he's just being himself. Right. Uh, and that must have been. It's a weird video I too. Because I think like, everyone was overacting. Well, that yeah. was sort of the, the 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 vibe of it. There's a pillow fight in it. Yeah, if, if I can say that, guys, go right. to YouTube. Pillow <laughs> you fight. The Bengals have it, a pillow it was fight. A, there, I don't know if you got the reference to Beyond the Valley of the Dolls on it. Uh, I didn't. I was looking for Kojak references. Okay. <laughs> well, there's actually a, um, a a a very direct reference to that where in the in the band the Carrie Nations. Mm-hmm. I think they changed their name and be on the Valley of the Dolls. But the band is an all girl band, and they're going on their first tour, and they have a scene of them in their little VW bus right, or whatever right. it was and the, a map superimposed over it. And we, we copied that in the video. That's cool. It's a, it's a weird video too. Cause the song stops in the middle and there's like a little, oh, yeah. there's like a little, you're in the, you're in the green room and, um, 
And, uh, and we're li- talking. Yeah, and Little, Little Richard, Richard comes in. Yeah, and then the song starts back up, which is was kind of weird in a video back then. Yeah. It was I think quite, we were trying to be very cutting edge. It's quite a production. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great I love that song. That went to number 11, Susanna. Thank Did you. you. Know You're jogging my memory, but now it's coming back. Yes. In uh, Back and forth that I had with uh, some of your team uh you know, months back, they all referred to you as Sue. Is that how people, do people call you Sue? Oh, I, I'm or called tr- Susie, Su- Sue, Susanna. What a lot you, of people just like? default to Sue. I, 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 I'm okay with all of them. I tried to find a, a, a Diet Coke can that said Sue, but all I could find was friend. Friend. <laughs> so, hi, friend. I like that we were friends even before we met. I know. Well, the other one that they had, they had mom, and I'm like, I've oh, seen that one. I'll get friend. Friend is good. Friend's good. Yeah. Plus, you can say it like uh, like Frankenstein. Friend. Yeah. Friend. You can say it while you're smiling. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. I'm ha- one of us is having fun. Um, <laughs> I'm having fun. I know. I'm that kidding. That makes two. Uh, then you get to work with Rick Rubin. Yeah. You get to- uh, you get And George Draculius. To- That's right. On, on the soundtrack for uh, Less Than Zero. Yes. And when this song came out, I did not even know that this was a cover of a Simon & Garfunkel really? song. Well, I when I first heard it, when I was before the bangles mm-hmm. really started to happen, I was working in a ceramic factory that my aunt and uncle owned in Santa Monica, and I had to work sanding these little ceramic things all by myself in a windowless sort of basement room, and all I had was the radio to keep this me company. Like it was horrible. It sounds it was like, like child labor. I was I was, I was just out of college, so I was actually twenty one. Okay, but. Other than that, it was pretty bleak, and I, that's when I heard Hazy Shade mm-hmm. of Winter for the first time on K-Earth 101, and so I didn't know it either, but I realized it was a more obscure one of their- It really it's like is. a little under the- it, I think theirs went to number 12. See, now I'm remembering their chart. <laughs> what the heck? So what's that all about? <laughs> But ours, yeah, ours did really yeah, well. Yeah, went to number two. And I, I, this is one of the best, uh, the best remakes I've ever heard. I, you guys really rocked this thing up. And was Rick Rubin, was he, was he hands-on in the studio with you guys? Um, or was he kind of just an entity? That's... He was sort of more like an entity. Yeah. <laughs> I think you put it well. That's what I've heard he about was, Rick Rubin. Yeah, he was sort of just in and out, floating mm-hmm. in and out in a kind of way i can't even describe <laughs> it it was george i remember george he was hands-on he was very hands-on and, and george has uh he's produced stuff he, so much great yeah stuff. like the, the the black crows first couple albums jayhawks did great. a tom petty album yeah, called yeah. last dj he's, he's brilliant yeah so let's hear uh, let's hear a little bit of hazy shade of winter there you go So it's a lot harder than Paul and Hardy. Yeah. 
Very well give that done. Back to Talent. You. It was okay. Uh, it wasn't great. I've heard better fades. Yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> you know what, though? Rick Rubin, I can fade better than him. That guy doesn't even touch the board. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> he just walks in and has a... He's vegetarian, isn't he? I don't know. I want to know, I, I, I know all about this guy. You might want to get him on your podcast. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> you never know. I would be distracted by that beard the way you're distracted by these Kojak pictures. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, okay, so then, then the next album you guys don't work with uh, David Kahn. You work yes. with uh, David, how do you say David, David Seegerson. Seegerson. Yes, it's a weird name to say. He's a great guy. He produced the David and David album. Yes, with David and Tori Amos. Yes, and uh, you guys pick him. Yes. Did you guys want a more rockin' sound? Because uh, the Everything album, I think, is is a little heavier than the uh, than the I, first two albums. I don't know that that was the reason. I think we just liked his sensibility. Mm-hmm. He was highly intelligent and fun. You know, he yeah. was very different flavor in a way as a producer than uh, to di- to our experience with David Kahn and just mm-hmm. the feeling that we had had. And I think we just wanted to work with someone that it felt like a, a fresh start right. on that album. And uh, I really love this album a lot. Thank I, I, you. I love uh, you uh, wrote a couple of songs with uh, Tom Kelly and Billy Steinberg. Yes. Yes. And those guys back in the day, their names were on everything. They, yeah. Uh, just like Diane Warren. You always saw her name in the writing right, credits right. of things. Um, but uh, let's hear a little bit because I love this song and uh, this is In Your Room. Very come come hither song. Thanks. I think that's <laughs> is that a what compliment. we call it. That's yeah, that's a compliment. Uh, <laughs> I remember listening to. The what if I was not complimenting? <laughs> Could you come on my podcast and then I am going to just trash me just, the whole just time, trash just... you the entire time? No, that's a, I love that song. It's so rocking, and it's so. Thanks. I remember when I when I first heard it, heard it, and you know, you're. I mean, you were you were. Uh, what do I want to say? Back in the video days, yeah. Uh, first of all, you look fantastic. Oh, thanks. You, you, you don't look any different. Really? You don't. Um, Do you want to look different? <laughs> I mean, other than that, other I, than that fro, I mean, no, you, no, you, no. you look, you look, you, you look great. Thank you. Well, I, I'm happy about that. That's Guys, back good. me up. Yeah. Okay. Th- thanks. One guy. Thanks, y'all. Um, <laughs> Sorry, no, no, I'm that's good. That's good. So back in the video days, I mean, yes. I think, I think the, the, the young boys were like, Hey, this, this lady's oh. hot stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. then when you're singing a song about uh, in your room, right? You're making kids' heads explode. Oh my gosh! Was that what you were trying to do with the song? No, I, I, I not really. I was going to say that. Um, that I remember listening to uh, Tommy James and the Shondells. Mm-hmm. I think version of Monet Monet. Yeah. Not the Billy Idol cover right. of it, but now is that uh, about the painter Monet? No, <laughs> it's, it's not. about he was looking out the window. I read about it. <laughs> it was actually not. Okay, it was about he was in New York and he saw the Mutual of Omaha, you know, an insurance sign. Okay, just mm-hmm. the letters M O N Y. Okay, and they were flashing, and he just, I he just wrote that song. Somehow the inspiration was seeing just some random yeah. thing out his window because it's kind of a nonsense. Yeah. Ex- yeah, but I remember, I remember hearing that song and distinctly saying to myself, 
I want to write a song like that. And I went to Tom and Billy mm-hmm. and said, I love this song. It just, I could, it would be so fun to have a song yeah. in the, in the spirit of that. And then, you know, we sat down and started working on it and that's what we ended up with was in your room, but it has kind of a similar beat. Yeah. I mean, the, the bridge part, the feel good in your room part is kind of has that the same kind of basic. I think feel. it's, I love it. Thank that's you. that's I, one of my, I, that's know, one of my favorite ones. It's one of it's it. I would have to say it's up there as maybe one of the ones I like to play live mm-hmm. most of all. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it never disappoints how no, it fun doesn't. it is to play. Yeah. Like it just, the, the energy is built in yeah, the, immediately. Exactly. And I think whatever instinct I had back at the time to write something mm-hmm. that would be fun to play live, yeah. that, that, you know, lives on as a good one to play live. Uh, that's, and then, and then the other song on everything is, uh, eternal flame Yeah, goes to number one. It did. It did. How exciting, I do remember that. How exciting is that? <laughs> it was very exciting. <laughs> it was very, I sound so excited, right? <laughs> Don't sound excited it, 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 it will. Um, Do you not like talking about yourself? I don't know. I guess mixed feelings. <laughs> Embrace it, Susanna. I'm embracing it. It's Friend. just so, it's so bright. Friend. And I have headphones on. Right. Remember let's I told you the headphones off. freak just, me just out? Just turn it off, light a candle. Yeah, yeah probably. I bet, you, I bet you'd get a whole different thing if whole you different did that. whole different vibe if we weren't yeah. in this. Yeah, this is like, it's bright. I got to just set the stage. There's lots of Kojak symmetry <laughs> everywhere. And, it's and, not a Kojak and museum. It, 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 almost. There's a lot of stuff back there. I'm looking at a thing that just says telly telly and it's like his album yeah. like his his, his uh <laughs> star trek guy for william it, shatner it's like giving it's, me the vibe is it very much it's like, like, very that. Much it's like, like the william shatner yeah, he does like, a version of in your room on that album no. it's amazing <laughs> that, that i gotta hear it's the last room i would ever want to go to <laughs> telly savalis's room come on oh. baby <laughs> baby in my room with baby. my lollipop <laughs> <laughs> so uh now, uh, who who chooses the singles at this point? Because it seems Columbia they do, and it yeah. seems like they're picking songs uh, because all the Bangles sing lead vocals yeah, on the albums. True. That's but true. it seems like they're picking the Susanna Hoff's songs. Is that because? Um, well, Debbie said she goes it's because Susanna's cute. Debbie said that. Yeah, she said she's cute and she's a good singer, and she yeah she complimented you all around. But oh, she's like so nice. yeah, so that's what happens. I, well, I de- I definitely think that the label would would vet the songs mm-hmm. in the way whatever Springsteen, way would Springsteen vet? no I don't think Springsteen <laughs> okay. was part of the committee but I they had some way they would okay. test it they would listen they would make a decision we were always kind of wondering what was going to happen yeah. when we would deliver an album mm-hmm. and then you know you'd, you'd have a sense in the studio but like Eternal Flame almost didn't make the record that's just crazy. so you know wow. that's crazy Walk Like an Egyptian was an afterthought mm-hmm. kind of that was something David Kahn had this demo and played me the demo at his office just he had come across i mean we were always wanting to write right. our stuff but yeah. then there would be the odd song or the odd cover and and truthfully the bangles kind of started out learning who we were by doing covers mm-hmm. we kind of became the bangles through our covers and yeah. so i think that's kind of when people say like what's your advice for a band we'll find some songs you like and and they don't, even if you before you've started writing and just sort of learn to play them and then yeah. maybe from there you'll sort of figure out oh what were the mechanics of how this why that why you like this right. is it that it has harmonies or what you know whatever it is it has a riff that sounds like that and it kind of can inform the creative process at least it did for the Bangles so we've always we've always done covers but anyway we never would know it would mm-hmm. be sort of the the uh, decision from on high. Of what the single right. was. Well, I mean, 
it obviously worked because the songs they're picking go to number five and number one. So I mean, hard, actually, hard to our, argue with that. our manager at the time came to the studio mm-hmm. and listened to Eternal Flame and said, there's no drums on it because it was kind of the era of the big power ballad. Yes, yeah. And he's like, you got to put drums on it because it's a it's very catchy. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know what's going to happen without that. And we, we never did. And it ended yeah. up working as this like little toy music box kind of lullaby thing. Yeah, that's funny to me because the the, uh, the rest of the album is, 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 again, heavy, I think, heavier than the, the previous two. So why not? Why can't there be one? Why can't one song be different? Yeah, Does no, everything I think, have to I think be? that's was interestingly both Eternal Flame mm-hmm. and Egyptian was Walk Like an Egyptian was this interesting song that this guy Liam Sternberg had written. Mm-hmm. He, he had been kind of a peer of Chrissy Hine, came from Ohio, and was just worked with Rachel Sweet and was like a very cool songwriter guy living in Europe right. at the time, and, and I think. And uh, he that was a very quirky song. Yeah. And it was the third single on that record. It ended up being, I think, the biggest single yeah. on that record. But it, it's – again, it was just – some of the Bengals' history has been just the thing that you didn't think was going to happen. Right, ended exactly. Ended up being the thing that caught on. Well, but, you know, hey, whatever works, right? Right. So uh, so now after uh, – Never was a quote more apt. Th- th- friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after everything – now here's what I want to ask you. Yeah. Do, do the Bengals break up? Because you do a solo record. Yes. You, I, we, is there a breakup? There was kind of a breakup. A, and who and how does that what happens? It kind Just, of divided in the middle. Like Vicky and Debbie are sisters. Are sisters. So they have to and stay then together. Michael Steele, who was our bass player yeah. through the Columbia years. Mm-hmm. We had other bass players right. before her. But for the main, you know, main part of our career right. when people knew about us. Um, she and I were sort of burnt out and feeling like there was just sort of some dysfunction beginning to brew mm-hmm. or, you know, all bands have it. Right, exactly. It's, it's families. You're like yeah. a dysfunctional family. And I say that because that's kind of just the truest way of saying it. Yeah. Like you love each other, but you're dysfunctional and sometimes it's hard to get along. Right. And or you just want autonomy. You just yeah. want like, you know, we've been living in a van going from place to place. Mm-hmm. You know, never kind of rooted in any one place and never having any autonomy, never any ability to just make decisions for ourselves as individuals. So that becomes, um, you know, difficult to maintain over endless periods of endless amounts of decades. So we kind of did that for a decade. We just hit kind of a breaking point. And you're young too. You're young. You've just yeah. it's, uh, it's we kind of went through our twenties right. together. But it happens pretty. But twenty. I mean, we we know now. Uh, you know that twenty is that's young. I know. You know, twenty year olds don't think know. it is, but now we know. I know. Friends. So I know. <laughs> so so we so now. So what happened was, yeah, and we'd also had a management change, and mm-hmm. so we had new managers, and and we were sort of like the Goldilocks thing with managers, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. this is too cold or this is too warm or this is too hot. Is that the Goldilocks story? That's the Goldilocks story. The yeah. chair, like nothing ever yeah. quite fit perfectly right. for us. And I think that we, we were sort of also, it was a, our way of dealing with how hard it is to be in a band Yeah, that's working nonstop for close to 10 years. So at that point, Michael and I kind of decided that we wanted to part ways. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a very uncomfortable sit down where there was two couches facing yeah. each other and Vicky and Debbie were on one side and mm-hmm. Michael and I were on the other. And we were like, we don't want to keep going. We want to. So it was just 
But then it turned out to be more of a hiatus than anything. Yes, yes. But it wasn't comfortable. It's never easy to tell somebody you're, you know, you don't want to do it. Right. And they and and so you so you make a so Columbia lets you stay on the label. So what ended it. up happening was that Columbia was going to work with actually both Michael and I, and I ne- I never could did find out what happened with mm-hmm. that. I with uh, what the record she was going to make, but at any point I ended up actually I ended up making a record with David Kahn. I went back to working with David Kahn. And this uh, and this album of When You're a Boy, it sounds a little more like. Um, all over the place and a little more like different it's light. David Con- yeah, David Kahn was very, very, it was very much his vision and me trying to figure out who I was in the middle of that. So he wanted to, he wanted to like take you back uh, to what you were doing before the everything album. I think so. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. I think he just, I was, I was just coming down from this kind of period of intense mm-hmm. touring and exhaustion and trying to figure out what to do. And I went in with an open mind, kind of partnering up creatively with David. Um, and I, I don't know, I haven't heard the record in a long time. But when I hear it, I think back that it was very, it felt a little bit, um, it's kind of quirky and poppy yeah. in that David way. Let's put it that way. Well, let's hear the this, the first single uh, is My Side of the Bed, another Come Hither song. It's almost the sequel to uh, In Your Room. Yeah. So now you, 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 you want to get in that room, then you want to get on that side of the bed. I feel like you owe us two more songs. There should be a song about getting married and then one about having children. Okay. I think that's the four. I think those four songs would go together. Yeah. So Andrew, maybe you two work on those. I think I've probably done, done address those topics in other songs, uh-huh. but at a later date. Okay. Yes. Now. The, you hear that song. This has, this sounds like it has all the makings of being. A big record. Yeah. And then it kind of is not, right? It doesn't, it doesn't do what the Bangles records did. Right. And what, uh, and how does, how do, how does David Kahn feel? How does Columbia feel? What are you thinking? Is it, uh, it's gotta be disappointing. Well, I mean, it just was what it was, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I think that there was a lot of pressure on it too. And you never know with records yeah, that's what, true. what happens. And, you know, it, it actually, it did get airplay mm-hmm. and, it, and the video was on MTV yep. and I just, I was sort of just in the midst of trying to go out and do the, the work part of it, which is promoted. I went on tour with Don Henley and, oh, um, boy. and, and at one point there was a show <laughs> where I opened for Sting and Don Henley. Oh, well, look. That's kind of I've, interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I've talked about Sting and Don Henley many times on the show. Well, we won't get into that. We won't. I don't know what you said, but, but just for the, for the. For the sake of time. What do you think I've said? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I bet you do know. I don't know. All right. Even I if say, I did know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it. If they were here and I were to give them each a Coke can. It wouldn't say friend on it? It would probably not. Well, would it say mom? It wouldn't say Would mom. it say buddy? There's one that says buddy. Is there I one think. that says pretentious? <laughs> or is there one that says pompous? <laughs> I don't know, but you could maybe... 
get Coke to come up with that. I wonder if that's going to be the next campaign. If I you're just going to have like, uh, and then you're going to have to call them and say, "You got that from me." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but but at any rate, I I was working. So well, that, I, no, that's a great that's great for you to be. I mean, look, those guys are, are gigantic artists uh, then and now. So to be opening for them, that was probably it was daunting playing in a. Front giant, of a ton of people yeah, too, I was still. playing in t- in front of a ton of people, and it was just kind of. I felt like I was just sort of like trying to survive mm-hmm. whatever it was, and the work is always the thing, you know. Like just as long as you have a show to do, you can mm-hmm. focus on that. So I wasn't really disappointed. It just was mm-hmm. what it was. You put it out there, and you're just grateful for whatever yeah. it does. Is it a bit? Was it a band that you put together yourself? Yes. So you you had camaraderie, and, and I yeah, and I okay. had Rusty Anderson, who's been playing with Paul McCartney. Through the David Kahn connection, wow. Rusty had done some little guest stuff on mm. Bangles Records, played little things on a few songs here and there. He's phenomenal. So I, I got to work with him on that whole tour That's and the excellent. record. Yeah, I'm going to – here's how I'm going to spin it. Uh, you made that guy such a great guitar player that Paul <laughs> McCartney had to steal him from you. I think you already was. Okay. I, I like that. That's oh, a good spin. I like to spin it a different way. You, 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 um, you spun it well. You also record. Uh, you record a version of "Unconditional Love," which to me was a was kind of a weird choice because Cyndi Lauper had just recorded it like two years earlier for one of her albums. Did, was it on her record? Or it was. was it a song she didn't put out? No, no. It was on. Uh, it was on. I uh, knew she wrote. It was it. on a night to remember. It was. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Okay. I just remember that Billy played it for me, and I was I'm not like, accusing oh, you of doing anything. No, no, wrong. no, no. no. I There's feel a- so guilty. <laughs> but no, the, I don't. the the quirkiest thing on the is you do a you do a, a Bowie Eno cover. I know. Called "Boys Keep Swinging," which is is where the title of the album "When You're a Boy" right. comes and from. Right, and that was a, a Bowie Eno song that I actually didn't know. But it was one of those last minute things where David's like, this is a cool song. And then it becomes I, the, uh, the title. I of the know. Album too. So that's what I mean. Like, it's just like sometimes the things you least expect will have some sort of larger meaning. Well, let's hear a little bit of Boys Keep Swinging. You've seen the the Bowie video for this where he's dressed in drag like he's an old woman. I ha- I don't think I, this is the crazy thing. I don't think I've heard that song since <laughs> maybe recording it. Wow. I mean, because I don't listen to my own. Right. You know, it's just once well, they're no, done. It would be you, weird if you did. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I think. I, I mean, so. I some if they come on the radio or something. But that that was sort of an album track. So yeah. I did. I have I haven't heard it since then. And also, I don't think I'd ever seen the video. To that because it was before the internet. Yeah. Remember those days? So (laughs) you'd have to be watching old, some old videos from, from MTV to catch that. Right. True. That's true. You can't, you couldn't just like look it up. Yeah. You can just type it in. We can all do that now. Yeah. Shall we? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, so that's the thing. Everything's so accessible. Yeah. But too, back it's then, too accessible, right? You wouldn't go like, oh, I think I'll play my vinyl record album now or put on my four, eight track cassette version of this, you know? <laughs> mm, mm. So that's true. That's what we had back then. Remember? We do. I remember. We kind of do. It was better then, wasn't it? Um, was it better? It, in some ways, I, I kind of wish 
there was certain aspects of that yeah. we could impose on what what's going on now, like the, the fact that we can't we can't stop this internet thing. Like it's we can't, just, we, can't it. we can't no. stop looking at it. Nope. We we're home and like we have to look at it. We're at a restaurant. Like it's everywhere. I know. It's just like driving us crazy. Like little. I don't know. Like, there's something not good about it. And then there's something great that you can be like, I want to see that David Bowie, you know, video. video right, Let's exactly. look at it. Woo. We just figured it out. Like you don't have to go to the library and look through those card catalogs to find something. <laughs> oh, the library. The, Burn those places down. Well, no, I don't know. But anyway, um, but you know what I'm talking yes, about? I do. Like you'd spend like three days trying to find something. I know. On microfiche. Yeah. Ah, oh, microfiche. See what I'm saying? That's the worst. And then you had to, and, and it was so hard to navigate right? microfiche. Film yeah. and fish. Yeah. What does fish mean? I don't know. <laughs> I went down it and I was looking bad. for I was looking for a, a fish. I thought it was a micro fish. Yeah. It was going to be a tiny fish was going to be down in the basement of the library. Yeah. Hello. Uh, we are not going to play a, a, a Susanna Hoff song right now. I'm going to play a Tom Petty song. And I want to ask you about oh, this song. Okay. This is a Tom Petty song. It's not on any of his albums, but it was on his playback box set in 1995. It's called Waiting for Tonight. An amazing song. And uh, he's got some uh, he's got some ladies singing on this with him. Let's hear it. But when I was away, she seemed an angel. The only one who really cared about me. The only one without an angle. For so long I've been lonely. Now I'm too weak to fight. I've been waiting for today. That sounds, you guys, that sounds so great. Like if someone said the Bangles and Tom Petty are going to sing on a song together, I don't know if I would have immediately said, oh, that'll work. That sounds so great. Thank you. That was really fun. How did that happen? Um, I don't remember who called who, but we just got word that they Mm -hmm. wanted to, um, have us come to the studio. And around that time at the very end of the eighties, I, I started working with Mike Campbell. He actually called me and said, let's write together. Oh, nice. So I don't remember if I had already started that because he and I were writing in 89. And actually one of the songs we started, Brazel and I revisited, I found the cassette and it ended up on my last solo record someday. someday. Yeah. It's called raining. And then recently Mike had me and Brazel was there to play a two night charity thing that he does every year at the Troubadour. And it was, I mean, it was every thing. It was Jeff Lynn was playing and, and Joe, uh, Joe Walsh and, and, uh, oh, all, all sorts of amazing people. That is amazing. So and, I was part of that two night thing, which was fun. But so I've had a connection with mm-hmm. Mike since 88, 89. And I, I don't remember, maybe he said, come do it. And I got the other girl. I don't remember exactly, but I do remember the night we recorded it. It was fun. Everything I hear about Mike Campbell is that he is just the nicest the guy ni- in the, the nicest. World. That's I'm great. so lucky that like Fred is also one of the nicest people I've ever met. Those two guys are great. I'm really grateful to have these opportunities to work with people like that. You want to work with nice people like Andrew. Andrew's so nice. He Can't you tell? Really nice. I can tell. <laughs> Uh-oh, he's giving us the shit. <laughs> he, really, he says that, but well, he's nice. I'm not against jumping around. So let's, let's hear a little bit of, uh, of uh, the song that you were just talking about. R- raining. 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 Yes. Let's hear it from Someday.
I told Andrew this before you came in the room uh, that you're you're making your best music right now. Thank you. The last uh, the last few releases uh, have, have are my favorite. This is my favorite Susanna Hoff solo album and Sweetheart of the Sun again. It's oh, thank you Bengals so album. much. We worked with Mitchell Froom on that and and went ba- and that was bizarre that Mitchell, who's mm-hmm. a brilliant producer, done so many amazing records, had played keyboards on all over the place and played on. Or different lights, sorry, and played on Manic Monday. Was he just hired as like a session a studio? Yeah, musician I mean, he then? was working in the same studio mm-hmm. at the time, and I think David they knew each other, and yeah. So, and it just was kind of interesting to reconnect with Mitchell. Yeah, he produced a couple of uh, my favorite uh, Suzanne Vega yeah. albums. Yeah, and uh, he's great. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's really he did good. a great job on that record. We really learned a lot working with him. He was fantastic. Um. So do you think you work with him again? Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would love to work with I Mitchell. I say we get Mitchell Froome, Mike Campbell. Oh, my gosh. Fred Armisen. Ooh. Andrew. Ooh. Susanna Hoffs. Oh. We. <laughs> this is, this this is, is like, so, a this like a super group. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen? He's going to be on the he roller coaster. He could do a cameo. We're going to call this Asia 2. <laughs> it's going to be the biggest super group since Asia. Perhaps <laughs> you make another solo album. Yeah, 1996. It's five years between solo albums. Right. Um, are you still on Columbia Records at this point? I know they. No, didn't... no, no. At that point, I was on London London. Records. But I was wondering if, when at the start of it, were you on Columbia? Oh well, I had I. There was a lot of A and R shifting around. Yeah. There was a period where I made a record with Matt Wallace. Okay, it was more in the kind of rock. Yes. Genre great guy and i'd made a whole record with him and i'd worked with extensively with mark linkus from Mm -hmm. sparkle horse who was a brilliant artist um and i made this record and it didn't come out because there was something going on at the label that i was tipped off to that they weren't really paying much attention to me Mm -hmm. and that someone on the inside who was really nice said you know you might want to think about moving along to somewhere else. And I was like, thank you for letting me know that. That's good. <laughs> yes, it is That's good. That's good kind of good news and bad news. But I, I, I was proactive about yeah. it. And I, and I uh, hooked up with Peter Kupke, who worked at uh, uh, London Records. Mm-hmm. And I really loved working with them, actually. That, that whole thing was a really great experience. So did that album become the Susanna Hoff self-titled yes. album? Yes, it did. yes. So I, I went back in the studio with um, at that label mm-hmm. and with Peter really being very um, hands-on head of a record company. And they really put a lot of care into – We I did a lot of touring and, and really had a good time. Promoting yeah, that record and uh, yeah, a couple producers on there, there including David David uh, Bearwald and then Jack Joseph Puig. Mm-hmm. What happened is that it kind of hit an impasse with David. We worked really hard. He seems intense. He's very intense. Like his albums are intense. And, and I known him since I was basically just out of high school. Mm-hmm. My first boyfriend was one of his best friends. So okay. there was there was a lot of hanging out as teenagers. Okay. So I knew, and he's a little younger than me. So I knew like this little sort of like artsy street kid, you yeah. know, David, he was really, really mega talented yes. guy, super, super talented. Um, and, but we just kind of hit a point where we were sort of floundering. Jim Scott, the great engineer had been working on the record. The Hayden triplets, uh, sisters, actually just the two of mm. the three sang back up on it. And it just kind of hit this point where we didn't know what was going on yeah. with it. And then Jack, Joseph Puig, who's genius. I've worked, I've had such good fortune to work with so many amazing people sort of took, took the record and said, I really like this record. I'm going to help you bring it to the finish line. And we ended up 
doing some re-recording and John Bryan played on it and Jason oh, tons Faulkner, of people. Yeah, like I mean, uh, Mick Fleetwood, Jim I mean, Keltner. Jim Keltner. I mean, Jim, no, Jim played at the original Bearwald sessions. Okay. Jim, Jim played there and Larry Klein. I mean, it so was I kind I of like, through, I went through the, the line. No, I know because you don't know which started okay. where the record. Jack sort of took the tracks uh-huh. and basically mixed them, but okay. it was more than mixing them. There was some, some add, add, a little bit of adding okay. in and some re-recording. Yeah. And but so yeah, it was a, a really great period though working on the record. I have to say because it was like a chance to meet incredible people right. and sit in a room and do takes with Jim Keltner on drums. I mean, just record those tracks with Jim playing. I mean, it was incredible. Now, when you're in a room with all these uh, people that you that you like and maybe that you idolize, are you how do you keep how do you keep your cool? How do you like, how do you, wow. like, do you like, I don't do you, know how looking back, when you're there, are you like, like, Oh yeah, yeah. We're just, we're all cool. We're all here. I'm they with, were I'm with so them. nice. You know what? And one thing David Bearwell did that was really smart is he just had this big dinner. We went out to a restaurant in, uh, in Venice and just all hung out mm-hmm. and just talked about how much we wanted to do something cool together. So it was, it started out with this great feeling of like, let's just have musician camaraderie and then and That's then cool. and then we all got together and wrote together like in large group you know like group songwriting it was really kind of like very festive i have to say it just it just couldn't there was a, some kind of snag between recording all this mm-hmm. stuff we had like so much stuff and someone trying to come in and refine what? How do we like make it a record? So, uh, well, David Barewald, he was in the that Tuesday Night Music Club. Yeah, so he, so he so was that big kind group of song. That's exactly stuff. right. Yeah. He was. I mean, one day Sean Penn came. His friend Sean Penn came to the studio. It was very. Did Sean Penn throw out some lyrics? No, I. I he just was sitting there, listening. <laughs> But and, and one day Joni Mitchell came. I have a tape of Joni oh and Whoa. us doing. And when somebody turned on the tape uh, machine, "Love Potion Number Nine, singing together. <laughs> Seriously, we got to get that like up he, on he was he was very tapped in, David, and he wanted to record in a house. It's the first time I ever recorded mm-hmm. in a house. One time George Harrison called looking for Jim, and I answered the phone, <laughs> and it was just like. And you I, said, Fred, is this you doing a voice? No, no, I didn't. I didn't even know Fred then. Let's pretend you did. No, I mean, <laughs> okay. Let's, but no, I just was like, yeah, hold on. I'll get it. I didn't crazy. even acknowledge that I, I knew it was George. Well, let's hear something so, off this, okay. off this album. Let's hear, uh, uh, I'll give you, tell me what you want to hear. Do you want to hear all I want falling or weak with love? Uh, mm, Week with love is very intense and sad. It's too sad. Maybe it's too sad. It's about John Lennon yeah, getting killed. Let's do, um, Let's do either all I want or or falling. What do you think? Let's do all I want. Let's do it. Okay. That was a single. This album's on iTunes, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? You can get uh, this yeah, on iTunes. Yeah, you can now. It, yeah, wasn't, it wasn't. I realized. I realized. You know, 
waking up slowly to the whole internet thing. How, mm-hmm. oh gosh, this album's on there, but that one isn't. And yeah, get like, it all out you there. You got to get it all out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it was, it was even hard to find a physical copy of this at the time. I remember yeah. it was, you had to really seek it out. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to stay on top of all this stuff. I know. There's a couple of Telly Savalas albums I still can't find. <laughs> I know. And they're not it's, even it's on a iTunes. Challenge. I know. It's, it's tough. a challenge. Look I want to make sure. You. <laughs> I, um, how much time do we have w- with you today? Is there an is there an out? Because I want to make sure I get to this. Oh, we can keep going. Stuff. Okay, cool. You'll let me know. Yes. Uh, uh, two more questions. She'll be like, "We're done." No, we're done. <laughs> uh, you get to play Lilith Fair. I cannot say that word. It's the worst word for me to Lilith. say. Fair. Lilith. Lilith. <laughs> Lilith Fair. It's got you the th it. thing in it. It's got the Lilith. L. I'm from I am from Pennsylvania. And I have an L thing. It's very oh, hard for me thing? to say. Yeah. Well, how do you say L's? Uh, like me- this, Lilith. <laughs> oh, okay. No, Lilith. It just, it's, I really have to concentrate when I gotcha. say it. Gotcha. Gotcha. How do you, let me hear you say it. Lilith. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I say, I say um, it perfectly. You should say it. With ease. You should, Lilith. That should actually be the on your, li- your, I have trouble with the Lilith. You should, I think that I got should be it. on your outgoing message. That's how good you said that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so how with the, that must have been exciting. You were invited to yeah. with all these other great female artists. That was to play daunting. L- Everything Lilith is scary. Fair. I'll be honest. You're scared. Everyth- I'm scared all the time. This isn't scary. This is now not as scary as when it started. Yeah. Okay, good. Even though the lights are bright. You're loosening up. I'm loosening up. Am I? You were tense and now you're like kind of you're, kind you're of loose. loose. Yeah. But I, I was just thinking that today, like every time something exciting and new comes my way that I that it, mm-hmm. it feels like an ad for something exciting <laughs> and new. But that seems like whenever I have to do something that's outside the box a little mm. bit or outside it, the comfort zone of what I know. I'm both excited and panicked. Yeah. Just animal fear and panic. Well, for 2014 for myself, I'm staying right in the box. You are? <laughs> There's no one in here anymore. I Everyone's think. out of the box, so I'm right in here. You, okay. Well, you know, then you found so your It's so comfortable niche. in here. I have found my niche. <laughs> Let's hear, uh, we didn't play it before because I wanted to play this version. Let's play uh, Eternal Flame from uh, the Lilith Fair album. Did it. I did it. Barely. Close your eyes. Give me a pen. They love it. <laughs> Do you feel my heart beating? Do you understand? Do you feel a scene? Or am I only Where did you find that? That's uh, there's a, a Lilith. Fe- You're just trying to get me to say that one. <laughs> there's a compilation of uh, of oh, those concerts, that's and cool. that's on there. I haven't you, heard you that. You might you might be owed a couple of residuals. Maybe that you might not know about. Maybe get the attorneys on that. <laughs> <laughs> the team. Yeah, get your people on that. I'm. I, I don't have much of a team. Yeah, I, you, I'm kind of in the. I've kind of gone full circle to the indie thing. Brazzle's my team. I know. Bra- See how I have my team with me? <laughs> Brazzle, Brazzle's my on, team. We need to get on this, Brazzle. Just because she well, hasn't heard it doesn't mean she's not going to hear it. No, no, but simple. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it, everything's kind of out there. Yeah, I know. I mean. It's hard to keep I, track of it. Yeah. Again, it's that damn internet. It's, it Good is. things and bad things. Yes. Uh, so, here we go now. From your solo, last solo album came out in 96, and now... There's no there's no music from you until 2003 when right. the Bangles get back together. What's going on with Susanna Hoffs? You you, you got a garden? No. What are you, are you redecorating the the home? What, what uh, happens? Because uh, when when from 2000 
Wait, when did you? Well, 1990. When did I drop off the? 1990. <laughs> you didn't drop off. 1996. Oh, your self titled album comes out, and then you toured right. probably toured for a while. No, there's stuff happening. Okay, you know, what's happening? I'll, I'll tell you. Now I'm 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 going back. Here we and go. What happened was that the Bengals got back together. Yes. For Austin Powers. Yes. In '98. Because I know I was just about to have a baby when all that was happening. You were I also, remember it. And you're also in a band called Ming, Ming T. Yes, I was doing Ming T. What is your name in Ming T? Jillian Shagwell. <laughs> yeah. Mike named me. Really? Yes. I told him that's that great. I knew a girl named Gillian Bagwell in college. Oh, that's so funny. And he said, you shall be Jillian Shagwell. <laughs> so, um, I, and so anyway... Um, we were looking for pseudonyms. So I was doing okay. I was doing Ming T. Yeah. I was living life. Not so much gardening, but you know, having kids, mm-hmm. hanging out with Jay. He was doing the Austin Powers movies. That's your husband, Jay Yes. Roach. Yes. And um at the time Jay needed a song for the movie. Mm-hmm. So I I had already been writing a little with Debbie. Okay. And um then uh Vicky was in town. Mm-hmm. We got together. We wrote the song for Jay. It ended up in the movie. Then we started thinking about doing some Bangles stuff. Yeah. And the song was called Get the Girl. And the song was called Get the Girl. And then we ended up singing at the Hollywood Bowl with nice. George Martin and his son Giles put together a thing, Night of Beatles music. That was probably the first thing we did live as the Bangles. Mm-hmm. And then in 2000, we played the House of Blues a few nights there and we did a little tour. And then we started working on what would become Doll Revolution. So let's hear the uh, title track. It's an Elvis Costello tune. Yeah. Tear Off Your Own Head, It's a Doll Revolution. Yeah. Uh, this album, it's all four of you. It's the, it's yep. the four with, uh, with Michael. Brad, yeah, with Michael and worked with Brad Wood, mm-hmm. who did li- the Liz, a lot of Liz Fair stuff, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, and it was so weird about that song because I got a, a call. Actually, Jay got a call from T-Bone Burnett out of the blue, wanted to talk to me about singing on the demo for a TV show he and Elvis Costello were working on. Wow. And, and I remember when he said, and the song's called... Tear off your head, your own. He said the song's called "Tear Off Your Own Head." It's a doll revolution. I was like, "Wow, I really want to hear that song." Yeah. It's really an interesting, <laughs> interesting title. And then I ended up singing that demo for them. I don't know whatever happened with it. Yeah. But the next thing I knew, it was really fun going in the studio mm-hmm. with T Bone and, and and Elvis. Um, and I, I, I talked to Elvis. I'm not. I'm trying to remember if he was in the studio. We were just worked all the details out. And then, but he had been in the Austin Powers movies, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of like interconnections with Jay and him and yeah. everything. And then uh, the next thing I knew, Mickey actually suggested, "Why don't we record that for the Bangles album?" And then Elvis ended up doing putting it on his record when the TV show didn't happen. So it had all this. 
that the history of that song was a bit convoluted. And when you say Mickey, that's Michael Steele. Michael Steele, Steel, yeah. That's you, you call her Mickey? Yeah, we always called her Mickey. Yeah, that's, Nobody a, that's what we called her. her. Michael. Well, that's how we roll. I thought we'll you called. guys did when you were just um, being polite. What is she up formal. to now? Where's, where's Michael Steele? I'm not, Steel? A, not sure. I think she's just living somewhere that I don't know where. <laughs> and um, every once in a while, we get a little message from her. I think she's doing well. I think she just didn't want to keep doing the bangles thing. I always liked, uh, I, when I would see pictures, she looked like she like towered over everyone else in the bangles. Is that true? Or is that just well, my perception? Vicky and I, I'm definitely the short bangle. Yeah, yeah. And then next in the lineup would be Vicky, who's quite a bit taller than me. And then, and then Debbie. And then Debbie and Michael were the kind of both very tall. Yeah, I had my picture taken with Debbie, and she uh, she uh, crouched down quite a bit. Oh, there and, you go. Uh, I appreciated it, but uh, at the same time, it made me feel like less of a man. I hear you. So, uh, for God's sake, when I get my you should have just well, grabbed the Telly album, <laughs> Telly Savalas, and just like a manual. So, uh, felt a please don't crouch energy. down. Oh, I, I'll be on. T- I'm always on my tiptoes. Um, Doll Revolution is a great album. Thank it's, you. It's really good, start to finish. Thank you. Uh, it's got a lot of songs. Got 15 songs, I think. You guys, you guys brought it for a comeback album. Let's, it's a comeback yeah, album, right? Yeah, it's a lot, lot of years. Don't call it a comeback, but I'm going to. Thank you. It's a comeback album. No, it was a great album, and um, and you guys did some touring with that. A lot of touring. And then after that, you hook up with this guy. Uh, I think he was also in Ming-T, wasn't he? Matthew Sweet? Yeah. What was yeah. his name in Ming-T? Sid Belvedere. As sexual as I had hoped it would be, <laughs> Sid. It's a little more subtle, yeah. and, and that's subtle. why we we called ourselves Sid and Susie because his name is Sidney Matthew Sweet. Oh, I did not that's, know that. He's really that was going to be one Sydney. of my questions. Why it's Sid and Susie? He started calling me Susie, mm-hmm. and that was sort of like the name all my ki- friends in elementary school called me. Okay, and then and Jay sometimes calls me that, and okay. then for some reason, just randomly, Matthew started calling me Susie, and I said, "Well, if you're going to call me Susie, then I'm going to call you Sid." And they just became our sort of well, pet names for each other. I can, you and, showed him. <laughs> right. And then we just thought, you know, rather than be Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs, let's just be Sid and Susie. But yet on the albums, it says Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs. That's the show. That's the record company. You know, like <laughs> was, no one really knows who you are. You have to let them know. So since your you names are- You have to be trackable on the internet. You should have wore kiss makeup then to really confuse them. Then people would have thought, well, I think it's them, but I can't tell for sure. That is an interesting thought. This will be a part I edit out, actually. <laughs> um, so these these albums are so good. The, the first one is uh, is sixty songs. Yeah, and uh, we I, thought that was going to be the only one, but then right then the record company said, "Well, so we're going to here's the cover, and it says volume one on it." So we're like, "Wait, it says volume one." That on record it? company is messing with you. I know they're a really good record company. Shout, shout, Factor. yes, shout factory. But we is just good. you know we don't pay much attention. We're artists. <laughs> That's right. You don't care. The album covers are very cool. Who designed the look of those? Um, this guy named I hope I'm getting it right. Ed. Fathering, fathering gay or father something. Well, now that sounds like an Austin Powers name. I know, right? <laughs> Ed fathering gay. I think that's his name. Okay, and he's brilliant. Yeah, those are. And great. I, I mean, just for the album cover alone, I, I love the, all the three album covers he did. I can't wait to see Volume Four. There will be a Volume Four. I right? hope so. I want to do sort of an, you know, the sort of buried treasure tracks. There are so many tracks that have never seen the light of day. Well, you guys want jive talking by the Bee Gees. Oh, I know you want to hear that. Yeah. I do. I mean, I want to hear that. Uh, you, well, you guys went crazy with volume two because there was, there's like 26 songs. We thought songs. it would be a gatefold double album. Yeah. And it was 70s style. So many songs. I know. 40 songs we, we recorded. Let's go through some of these, some inspired choices too. Like this song, Alone Again Or. Yeah. Well, that was on the first one. Yeah. Yes. And um, 
Big love fans. And you know what? That's one of my favorite bands is a British band, uh, hard rock band called UFO. Oh, okay. And they did a version of this on their Lights Out album. So You I know was, who's a big... The Brits really loved Arthur Lee and Love. Yeah. So that's what well, that must be And you be know why. who's a huge love fan? Robert Plant. Well, let's get him in here. Call him up. <laughs> him? And who was the other one we wanted? Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Oh, yeah. that you, Rick might show... If you do that thing of like, I got Robert Plant. And then I tell Robert Plant, I got Rick Rubin. Then you might have <laughs> he, something. He, but you got to have candles yeah. and lighting. You got to improve the lighting. I say Robert Plant. I say Rick Rubin called me. He wants to produce your next album. I call uh, Rick Rubin. I say, Robert Plant wants you to produce his next album. We all get in here. I get my tambourine out. <clears throat> this is where it's crazy. Asia three is what I call that. <laughs> okay. Let's hear alone again or. Now let's go right into something from volume two. This is one of my favorite Tom Petty songs of all time. And when you, when you come in uh, with the, with the, on the chorus and everything, it's just so good. This is called, here comes my girl. I love that song so yeah, much. Yeah, it's a great Any one. version. I even, love that song. Our intern, Garen, sings a version of it that I love, too. I love every anyone who sings it. I love it. It's a great song. Um, you also sing Maggie May. Yeah. But you didn't change the gender. You didn't make it Mikey May. Yeah, no. I didn't. I love And that. I didn't know I was going to sing that one. There's a, That would happen all the time, working with Matthew. I would assume, because we'd, we'd just throw in songs mm-hmm. and ideas and and we'd make a big list and we wouldn't say who does what and then i would just assume if he said we should put maggie may on there great you would i thought he, he would, would yeah. yeah but it that was one of the most fun things about doing those records would just be like having to step up and and do a song that i didn't ever think that i could or should sing right and um just discovering in the moment you know getting through that animal fear and panic and to discover like, wow, that was really fun. Is there, I love singing this song. Is there more of a, is there as, a, as a, you as an artist, uh, a recording artist, is there more of a creative freedom now? Definitely. Than there was when you were, you know, tied to a, a big label. You guys, can, I, I you, think so. I think so. It's part of like, it. Who do you, you answer? Yeah. Did you, you answer to anyway? You don't. Not really. Yeah. Brazzle. A little bit to Brazzle. <laughs> a little bit to Brazzle. <laughs> um, mostly just, yeah. I mean, that's, it's almost like it's so, like how you were saying you like to live in the box. This is your box. Yeah, yeah. There's a sort of a comfort in that because yeah. it's a little safer. Right. But it's a little bit that free-falling thing mm-hmm. of being – so I feel that sometimes. But I'm also kind of learning to like get into that. That's just what it's like now. And I and I really like it because it's 
sky's the limit. You know, I can do, I can explore a lot of stuff right now, and I am. I, I bet a guy like Matthew Sweet loves it. Oh, he's, well, I learned a lot from Matthew because having worked with, in the studio with really brilliant producers, mm-hmm. they all were, David, David, Mitchell, all of those guys. But it, there was something very loosey-goosey about working with mm-hmm. Matthew. You show up, you have a good time, you're hanging out. He throws on the machine, you sing a little bit, It's you focus, and then you talk for a long time, then you focus a little more, yeah. and you kind of just don't ever go back and necessarily overanalyze it. Right. I was not used to that kind of spontaneous way of doing things, so it kind of really... I, I, I really enjoyed making those records with him. And then it doesn't feel like work either. No. And, and then you listen back and like, wow, that that sounds pretty good. You know, like... We did that yesterday? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, that was fun. I'm assuming there's wine involved? There was from time <laughs> to time. But, but yeah, I mean, it was more just like hanging out and getting a little work done. It was very I, fun. I wasn't implying that you guys were drunk. I just, no, 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 no. We chill, definitely chill weren't drunk. Re- it was just more like two kids in, in a home studio. That's great. Like, and he has this kind of like magical way of just – he's very um, – by feel. Mm. It'd be like the equivalent would be the chef that's just throwing in a little bit there, not really following any recipes. It's yeah. just like, you know, let's add a little more of this. And and it's very outside the box how he uh, mixes and produces. It's just very loose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, when you guys put the, the 80s uh, album together, volume three, I don't know how you guys, there's, there's so many, I mean, well, there's 60s, 70s, 80s, any of those decades, but... Um, yeah, and you guys picked great songs Thanks. again. Like uh, this is one of my favorite Pretender songs. Let's hear a Kid. little bit of Kid. Yeah. Kid, what changed your mood? You've gone all sad, so I feel sad too. I think I know some things you never outgrow. And then he's just in the background there. You got to really listen for him. Yeah. Uh, what, what music do you listen to now? Do you do what do you listen to? Um, I ask you that question twice. <laughs> I really want to really, answer. You really <laughs> want to know? I listen to. I, I am still stuck listening to old songs. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love. I'll never get over the '60s and the '70s. Yeah. I've really come around to the '80s. Part part of it was even before Matthew and I did the '80s yeah. record. But I really, and that whole there's a first wave channel on on the. Yeah, on the internet, mm-hmm. yeah, you can find it. And there's a lot of the early, early stuff, like late seventies, early eighties stuff is pretty cool. And I try to. I, there's so much new music. I, yeah. I, I tell Brazil this all the time. I feel almost like I'm in yeah. a country and I can't. And I don't know the language they're speaking because I am so horribly behind. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like it's I hard don't to even know. Like huge. Everyone always says, "You know this song? It's a massive hit." Actually, I don't. Because I don't know, right. I don't, so I don't, so I'm very behind and I feel very bad about that. Well, that's like back in the day, in back in the day, uh, it would be like, okay, here are the six big releases for Tuesday. Yeah. Now there's probably 50 releases on a Tuesday with, with digital downloads and everything. It's, it's, it's so, insane. So I want playlists. I want people to make me gotcha. playlists. Send me your playlists of cool stuff that you love, that you think I might like. Have you heard... 
Chrissy Hines' new solo album. No. Okay. You get that. Okay. You, I think you will really love it. Well, I love her. Well, and I love, love the Pretenders. This. And it's not, uh, and you know, whenever someone does a solo album, sometimes you're like, why didn't she just do a Pretenders album? But it's very, it's not, doesn't sound like the Pretenders. Well, it I, sounds like her own it. thing. And her voice is so unique. Yeah. I love it. Um, let's hear one more. This was a, this is a bonus track. This is an iTunes bonus track for Under the Covers Volume 3. This is a, this is a Clash song. Okay. This is a Train in Vain. You were born in California? Yes. California girl. Yes. That's pretty cool. Is it? I don't know. I don't know many people. It feels very normal to me. I don't know. I know. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like my, yeah, my daughters, my daughters are both born here, so they don't know any different, but you know, I'm from Pennsylvania. Matt, you're from the uh, upstate New York. Upstate New York. Garen, where are you from? Michigan. Michigan. So, I mean. My mother's from Johnstown. Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I thought Uh, you'd freak if I told you that. Yes, because. You are freaking. That's in. (laughs) Yes, I am because. Some of the first concerts I ever saw were in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Really? I saw a Cheap Trick. Uh, Whoa. I saw, that must have been good. I saw Ted Nugent. <laughs> but he wasn't touting ridiculousness back then. He was just swinging from a vine with a loincloth on. <laughs> okay. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, my hometown is a very small Hollidaysburg. It's literally 35 minutes from Johnstown. Wow. So yeah, we were always uh, that's on, close. on the border of a flood. Yeah. So um, that's really wild. I know. When, when did your mom move here? My mother mostly grew up in Chicago. Okay. But they, they came, my parents, my dad's from Brooklyn, so mm. they came to California in the late 50s. Wow. Yeah. Just to seek sunshine. sunshine. My dad was going to, uh, he was a doctor, a young doctor, so he was doing a residency at UCLA, I and think. And they just stayed. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and how did you uh, how did you meet the uh, the Peterson sisters? I met them uh, through an ad in in the Recycler. That was it. They put an ad in sisters looking. No, no, for, they didn't. I had an ad in. I had an ad in, and then the, a, a girl who had been in a band mm-hmm. who was still their roommate had their band split up. Debbie okay. and Vicky were planning to keep working together, but their guitar player had placed an ad, and I I actually called her ad, but mm-hmm. Vicky answered the phone. Okay. Good for Vicky. And sparks were, f- sparks flew. <laughs> Magic was in the air. And uh, yeah. As soon as you got together, was it immediate? Like, oh, we really like each other. It was immediate. They taught me how to play White Rabbit. It sounded so complicated. It was really two chords. I was like, no way. No. And it was. And we played it, and uh, we decided to be – then we took a little break. We went to the kitchen. We, de- mm. we basically decided to get married. Well, this is – I like this. Is, this it goes – crazy uh, one night – one I think this learning white rabbit goes along with what you said about learn, find some songs that you like and learn to play them and, and go from there. Yes. Uh, so uh, Sweetheart of the Sun comes out in 2011. It's got a very I don't like this term, but I'm going to use it. It's like hippie, dippy, trippy. It just has a great like 60s type. of. It was kind of our Laurel Canyon yeah, homage. It really has a sound to it from start to finish. Yeah. And uh, let's hear uh, let's hear the Anna Lee. Got a picture of you sitting in the 
way, Suzanne, let me give a, let me just throw the plugs out there for you. Uh, Twitter, you're at Suzanne Hoffs. Yes. Uh, www. find me. Yes. Also, uh, thebangles.com. Sure. Yeah. Will and the, I also have Facebook too, but Twitter, Facebook. Twitter. Yeah. I have both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, well, see, I think right in the box, I don't have either one of those things. Really? I just have, I have, I write a letter and I put it in a box with a stamp on it and I see what happens. Good for you. That's why You're it took so school. long to get you on here. Brazzle would not write me back. Um, uh, will there be another Bangle CD? I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's one coming. Besides the one, the reissue. I mean, new. Will there be more new oh, music I in mean, the Bangles in probably, the future? Probably. Probably. I'm going to call that a rock solid exclusive. Okay. <laughs> Will there be more Susanna Hoff's solo albums? Definitely, because we're already working on one. With this guy? With this guy. Uh, literally, I thought this guy was just my like, team. I thought this <laughs> guy. I thought this guy was just some personal assistant. And I go, hey, how do you know Susanna? And he's like, he's my team. I wrote nine of the ten songs in the last <laughs> he's album. My, he's my complete team. <laughs> uh, how did you two meet? Okay. Now he and my niece are more than friends. What the heck? Wow. I know. Do you date her niece? No, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm gonna give you this thumbs up to that. Um, I want to play us out with, uh, with, uh, one day Great. your new album. Great. You made a couple videos for this album. One yes. has Patricia Arquette in it. R- Rosanna Arquette. What did I say? Patricia. Right. That's her sister. I'm talking about the girl that the Toto song is written about. That's Rosanna. <laughs> Rosanna. And she is the one in my video. Right. And right. she's the one when I was a young kid and I would see Rosanna Arquette, I would be. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. Who is that girl? Uh, nothing against Patricia. No, no, they're no, no. They're both gorgeous. Just not uh, my cup of tea. What the hell? <laughs> I know. What <laughs> Why is none, of it, none of that need to be. Said. I know. I'm just being a jerk. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, again, go buy someday. Go buy Sweetheart of the Sun. Thank you. Go buy anything I played today. Great. Go buy all of it, and hopefully, uh, Susanna's people will track down the residuals, and she'll get a check in the mail. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. We have some someday CDs and we have some Sweetheart of the Sun CDs. I'd like you to sign for the Great. listeners if you can don't mind. Do it? Yes. You can do it? Yes. And uh happily. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks I for hope, having me. I hope it wasn't uh, too difficult. No, it was easy breezy. And I hope when I see you on the street I can call you friend. friend. <laughs> Matt play us out with a little uh, one day from someday.
around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.